Linda McHenry, host of The Writer's Voice. And my guest today is Timothy Gager. How are you, Tim? Hi, Linda. I'm fine. Thank you for having me on The Writer's Voice. Sure. You're going to talk today about a couple of different topics. We're going to talk about being a traditional publishing versus indie publishing. You're going to talk about writing in different genres. And you're also going to talk about your literary series that you have on Fridays. But first, why don't you tell us about some of your books, including the new one that's coming out later this month? All right. I just happened to have a few of them hanging around my <laughs> desk here. <laughs> my last, I'll just go with my last few. Uh, the book that's coming out soon is called 2020, and it's all poems written in the year 2020. And it's my 16th published book. Just some of the last ones. This is The, the Shutting Door, which is poetry. Uh-huh. This is The Thursday Appointments of Bill Sloan, which is a novel. This is Grand Slam, the coming of egg story, another novel. All right. This one is Every Day There's Something About Elephants, and it's a book of flash fictions. Okay. This is Chief J. Strongbow is Real, a book of poetry. And this is um, Spreading Like Wildflowers, another book of poetry. And uh, every book but The Shutting Door was put out by uh, my publisher, Big Table Publishing, which is Robin Stratman. I'm so appreciative that she likes my stuff, is willing to publish me as many times as she has. That's great. I mean, obviously you're doing something right. Yeah, it feels kind of like, you know, Bukowski with Black Sparrow. <laughs> we'll take everything that you have. <laughs> hey, and if, you know, if that works for you, that's great. So I think this is probably the perfect segue into talking about writing in different genres, because you write, obviously, no novels and poetry. Tell us about all the different things you write and what your opinions are about it, why you do it. Yeah, I grew up reading a lot of the classic short story writers, uh, Raymond Carver and John Updike and Andre Debuse. And um, my mother used to write short stories. So that was the first thing I reached for, the traditional 3,000 word short story. And I enjoyed doing that. And then I had children. I like to write from beginning to end. So I couldn't sit down and have that time to do that. So I uh, re-engaged in poetry. And I joined a writing group, and at the time I was writing flash fictions too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I enjoyed that short form and uh, being able to do that and being able to do that to completion while, say, my child, who's now 24, was taking a nap. Mm -hmm. And from then, I was, you know, I started thinking, you know, maybe I have a novel in me. And I wrote that great failed novel, <laughs> which I, I kind of believe that everyone needs to kind of fail at that and write bad poetry and bad flash fiction and bad short stories. And, you know, I wrote the bad novel. So I Isn't it practice, learn. right? It's practice for when you get good. <laughs> so I learned from the mistakes. And the next book was Bill Sloan, which actually started as a flash fiction piece. Uh -huh. And I expanded a 400 word piece to a 75,000 word novel just on the premise and the idea. You know, I uh, learned a lot from that. And, and the next thing I put out was Grand Slams, which is a fictional account, basically of the summers I spent working at Denny's because there was so many, you know, home from college mm -hmm. and Denny's offered me summer employment and I could be like a busboy and a dishwasher and a waiter and, you know, the Grand Slam breakfast and all of that. And it was, <laughs> there was so many interesting characters that worked with me that I just decided to basically put them in a book and exaggerate them, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I wrote a lot of flash fiction too. And uh, every day there's something about elephants is a collaboration of something like 128 of them that were published. And I just anthologized that. And lately there's just been a lot of poetry out. You know, there's always poems to write. I really uh, enjoy that genre as well. So obviously a lot of different things interest you. The characters, the plots, and just 
all kinds of things. Is that part of why you like doing the different genres? Because you can address just about any subject in, in any format? Exactly, in any way. The thing is, though, if I'm writing a novel, I just need to write that novel beginning to end. You know, like I'll write like 500 to 750 words a day mm -hmm. and get the first draft out. Like I can't write a novel and be like, oh, let's write a poem today. <laughs> That's you. And everyone is different. I do multiple projects at the same time, but not everyone can. And I guess that's one of the things you have to figure out, because if you try to do what someone else tells you to do, and that's not what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to have issues. And I used to be like stricken by something like, bang, I'd see something. This is a poem or like a piece of flash fiction would like conk me in the head, basically. But now it's it's, it's different. I think, you know, after you're, it's, it's kind of a way of that quote, finding your voice mm -hmm. that I can kind of sit down and be like, you know, I haven't written a flash piece in a while and I can actually think it through and pause and be like, what do I want to construct versus, you know, reactive writing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us about your Friday night series. So Virtual Friday's Dire Literary Series, which is a very long name, is actually an arm of my original Dire Literary Series. I ran a live reading series, literary series for uh, from 2001 into 2018. And, you know, it ran its course with me and uh, was like, you know, it's kind of ready to stop it. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and a friend of mine suggested, why don't you do a series? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'll just get together with some friends and do like an open mic and we'll sit around and read our poems. And we did that for, I think, a week or two. And then Mass Poetry did an article and I was kind of like, well, I'm thinking about having features. And Dire Series was exactly like the the one that we used to have in real buildings. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to aim big. So I just started asking people that I'd been associated with before. And, you know, I got like Andre Dubas III to be a guest. I got Kim Mondonizio to be a guest. I got Amy King to be a guest. You know, Rick Moody was just a guest. So I'm kind of like, wow, this is really cool because these are all writers that I read and I'm interested in. So it's it's great to have them at the series and I get to interview them. And like, you know, I'm, I'm total fanboy. Like <laughs> it's something for me to do every Friday night, as well as, you know, I know a lot of people that uh, attend look forward to it too. And there's a great open mic. Usually the people that read at the open mic, nearly all of them are published writers as well. And like, so that's enjoyable. Uh, not to say that some open mics aren't as enjoyable, but to be honest with you, some just aren't. I don't want to sound douchey here, but like, you know, I've been to reading series, you know, I've done readings across the country and you know, you're somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, it's nobody's fault. It's just that people don't have the writing experience like they do in the Boston area. Mm -hmm. And you can just hear some really like, there can be some really long evenings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. I mean, it's just like with anybody else. I mean, you walk into a room full of people, are you going to like every single person you meet? Are you going to get along with them? Are you going to share the same interests? Who of us ha has liked every single book you ever picked up? Even among well-published writers, I don't think you have to like everybody. And let's face it, not everybody's at the same level. And no matter how good you are, no matter who you are, there are people that don't like Shakespeare. There are people that don't like, you know, uh, Hemingway. Mm -hmm. There are people that love Hemingway. Mm -hmm. No matter who it is, you're going to find people that don't right. like them. right. Does that mean like Miley Cyrus is better than Journey? Who cares? Right, you know, right. There's a certain <laughs> group of people that like whoever. So, I mean, I, I tell people that in workshops to be like, you know what? Write from your heart. Write whatever. Because someone out there is not going to like you. Right. So just write what you feel like. And you're going to find people that are going to like your work. 
like you said, if you're writing from your heart, it's you that's writing. Even if you're not the characters, and even if it's completely from your imagination, you're putting yourself in the book or the poem or the story or what the textbook. And readers sense that. And like you said, some people are going to like it and some people aren't. So, you know, if you're trying to make everybody happy, you're going to make no one happy. Exactly. Or if you're worried about making them happy, it's going to seep its way into your writing and your writing will get like possibly, I'm, I can only speak for myself, my writing gets stilted when I start thinking of, oh, I better do that or I better do that. But on the flip side of that, the year 2020 is different than when I started writing in 1999. Mm -hmm. There are different things you can write about, different things you can do, different things that you can say that are more appropriate or more acceptable to society. I mean, to be honest, some of the stuff I wrote in 1999 is unacceptable in society today. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's just the way it is. I know. I mean, think back when you were a kid or in high school or in college, you know, the way you were then, the things you said and did just don't apply anymore. Yeah, I mean, in high school, yeah, and in college, I don't remember many of the years there. <laughs> well, you know, my oldest granddaughter is in her senior year of college, and her younger sister is in her junior year in high school. And, you know, high school and college these days is completely different from when I was a kid. Not that I remember a whole lot, but I think that's just the way it is with society. With COVID, there's no college experience anymore. <laughs> well, this is it. She's doing everything online and still paying the same tuition. But who knows? Maybe some kids are probably going to be better for the experience. I think a whole lot more are not. But we all have certain tools and we kind of have to make the best of it. But it sounds like you've done pretty well. So your book 2020 it should be coming out sometime between now and the end of the month, right? Yeah, it should be out any time now. And people can find that on your website? They can go to timothygager.com, okay. which is G-A-G-E-R. All right. As the, as the Gager part of it, because no one knows how to spell it or to say it. Um, <laughs> So you can check it out there. I'm sure you can purchase it from the publisher. You can purchase it from your local bookstore. Come equipped with the ISBN. You can order it online because it's really important to keep indie bookstores viable during these times. Absolutely. You know, they're suffering. A lot of my favorites have already closed or have gone on hiatus until like they can get back live into their stores. Right. There are a lot of people that are suffering and try to support you know, the ones that you can. That's exactly right. And you get some great books out of it. Well, th there you go, that too. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed having you here with me on The Writer's Voice. Hope to have you again. So folks, you can find his books at timothygager.com. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. And it was a pleasure being here. Okay, bye-bye.